millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. Desi, we have a lot of Patreon Contributors. Contributors. It's really hot right now. Because we didn't have a show last week. I mean, we put a show up. Right. We put two shows up. Right. But we did not have a live or a new show. Yes. No new shows. So last there's week. two weeks of Patreon. We have two weeks of Patreon contributors to get through today. So let's start. This is a marathon. All right. <laughs> Take These a deep people, breath. They donated over at patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Thank you guys so much. We had Jesse, Alicia, Kayleen, Heather, Amanda, Brittany, Emily, Letitia, Julie, Natalie, Casey, Sandra, Jennifer, Coco, Solar, Jessica, Bianca, Teresa, Jennifer, Shelby, Amanda, Andy, Julie, Brian, Sergio, Mary, Aaron, Esme, Karen, Megan, Sean, Bruce, Sophie, Evan, Elizabeth, Justine, Sarah, Bobby, Orla, Marwak, Allison, Amy, Eric, Jacob, Celia, Alyssa, Kate, Heather, Annie, Anne, Dakota, Ariane, Emily, Adele, and... Raluca. Wow, you did it. <laughs> Honestly, guys, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It means the world to us. You have no idea. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes. Okay. So this week I thought I would keep it relatively light and decided to start getting into some reality TV scandals and crimes. <gasps> now, <laughs> I couldn't, I, I had to f- no, f- like focus it because there's like a lot a lot of reality uh, crimes. Believe it or not, these people are freaks. Uh, So in this first edition, and there will be many more I'm predicting right now, I'm going to focus on the Real Housewives franchise, in particular the California editions, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Real Housewives of Orange County. Now, these bitches commit so many crimes that are involved in so many scandals, I couldn't even get to the other franchises. Because once I started, I was already at my limit with the just the... And I don't even get to all of the California ones in this episode. Right. There's so many. There's so many. It's crazy. So I'm just going to uh, stick with the ones I have. I think it should be a really long episode. And we'll get to the other ones some other time. Absolutely. I'm a fan of these shows. Are you into them? I watched Beverly Hills when okay. it first came out, and I watched a few seasons of it. And um, my mom watched Beverly Hills. Yeah. So it's, we, it's a good one. We were talking uh, actually yesterday about the time on Watch What Happens Live when uh, Jiggy, the Lisa Vanderpump's dog. Right. Got married to one of the housewives' cats, Grandma Wrinkles. <laughs> Wait, who was the cat? It was a Sphinx cat. I can't remember. Grandma who... Wrinkles, it was like a Jersey, maybe. I think it was oh, New it was Jersey. Another, it was if, another. If someone correct it's me. Jersey. It's um I know who it is. It's Dina's cat okay. from New Jersey. But her name is the cat's name is Grandma Wrinkles. Right. And they got married and, and Jiggy had a little uh top hat on. 
Oh, right. And the yeah. cat had like a veil. That's funny. Look, it was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> These shows are messy, but I do, I do like them. In fact, I think I told you recently that I had been off reality TV and after writing this, I'm like, I need to finish these seasons of OC because I like OC too. Right. And uh, Beverly Hills just had, I, I think they're in their 10th right now. Yeah. So um, I think sure. my mom watches Jersey too. What's the, what's the one with Therese? I watched Jersey like the first few seasons. It's very good. I also like New York and I liked Atlanta like the first few seasons, but I stopped watching it. Uh, I think, but people have spoken highly of Potomac. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> I keep hearing a lot of good things about that. So maybe we should check that out I agree. at some point. Let's check it out. So anyway, let's get into it. First up, we're going to discuss Taylor Armstrong, who was oh. on Beverly Hills the first three seasons as a main cast member. And she's been back a few times as a recurring character uh, in the last few seasons. Now... Taylor is perhaps most famous for cry yelling at the cat eating a salad meme, literally one of the all-time greatest memes. She is also best remembered for her really bad anus lip filler and a birthday party she threw for her then four-year-old daughter, Kennedy. Now, this party cost $60,000 and had like a Mad Hatter uh, tea party theme. Did you see those episodes when Taylor was on? Like, no, but when I was five, I had an Alice in Wonderland theme birthday party. Was it $60,000? Absolutely not. My mother DIY'd the shit out of that party. Uh, it was an insane birthday party. And as anyone who lives in LA probably knows, these parties are just for the parents. The kids don't fucking care. And it's just about impressing, you know, the other rich people that you're friends with. Now, the party was put together by a woman named Dana Wilkie, who would be a friend on the show in season two. She's like the classic Real Housewives character friend that comes on and is desperate to become a main housewife. And they're just so try hard like the whole time. Dana is probably best known for bragging about her $25,000 sunglasses. What? Apropos of nothing, by the way. She just wears them in one day and tells everyone how much they are. Why would you spend $25,000 on sunglasses? Dude, if I spend $200 on sunglasses, I'm like, I could, I have to put like a metal detector on them. <laughs> like, I'm so worried I'm going to lose them in like a week. Oh, yeah. Now I just buy like a bunch of cheap ones. But I remember one time I bought these like $200 Gucci sunglasses and I actually had them for five, like so many years that at some point I was like, well, now I can lose them and I won't be that upset. Like, because they paid for themselves. Yeah, they kind of, I got my money's worth out of it at yeah. least. And then, of course, I did lose them. But like, what could you put on them? Diamonds to make I, They them? must have had some kind of diamonds on them, but who fucking cares? That is like, so also, tacky. they looked like shit. Like, they weren't even nice sunglasses. Like, I could see maybe if I was very wealthy being like, oh, I'm going to spend a ton of money on these vintage Christian Dior, six, like some kind of vintage pair. But even then, like, let's say a thousand maybe. Like, yeah. If that, I was really rich, like that's what you spend the money on is you get a like a rare I want a rare designer. I don't care about fucking bejewels on my sunglasses. Now the other thing she was known for was that she had a kid who was like whatever three or four and he was already learning Thai like she was getting him to learn Thai and one of the other mothers was like I, I will never forget this line because she said to the mother the mother was like oh I should get my kid to learn a second language she's like oh if they haven't started by two it's too late oh. and I just remember like yeah throw that fucking kid away <laughs> he's a fucking reject if he hasn't started by two it's over <laughs> like he's he's worthless piece of shit uh, anyway so Taylor was married to a financier named Russell Armstrong and yes he wasn't that attractive and had one of the worst personalities very fucking boring but you could tell he was seething with rage just like a very bad combination this was like the nerd that no one liked like growing up he somehow got really rich and married a woman who was like technically hotter looking and uh she just wanted to move up 
basically with a rich guy and landed one with him. Now, Taylor Armstrong was definitely like a trash girl from Oklahoma. She even kind of would say when she would get drunk that she was going to go Oklahoma on someone when she would get into a fight with them, like like the cat fight. <laughs> um, so she like actually had changed her name. Her name was initially Shauna. And um, people obviously were curious about this name change. She was on what would happen, what what watch what happens live with Andy Cohen. And he questioned about her name change, and she said that um, Taylor was my last name, and that's what I went by with by all my friends called me Taylor. That's also a lie. She changed her name from Shanna Hughes to Shanna Taylor, and then changed her name to Taylor Ford. So when she took Taylor on as her first name, it was her fake last name. It wasn't like her original last name. Uh, She also said that she was part of the, she was an heir to the Ford Motors dynasty. That was also untrue. Basically, she's this country girl from Oklahoma who moved to LA to become rich. She had an e-commerce business, which sounds like an MLM to me. Like, I have no idea what that kind of business would be. Um, Why? So, what, what? What? Like she sold things online? You mean? Yeah, but what other? What other kind of business? I mean, I guess there is technically well, she could sell stuff like crafts. Yeah, I, I think know. she just wanted to move to LA to meet a rich guy. That's my opinion. Nothing wrong with that. Now she meets Russell Armstrong while she's waiting for a table at a Beverly Hills restaurant, and I just kind of picture her hanging out. <laughs> Like hanging out in the waiting area trying to meet somebody. They get married very soon after in 2005. And a little bit later, they have their daughter, Kennedy. Now, it was at Kennedy's aforementioned birthday party that we kind of got a really good look at Taylor's unemotional and boring husband, Russell. This guy is clearly very uncomfortable on camera, which, I mean, some of those guys just aren't, but they kind of stay off. But you could tell she was like kind of pushing him. He did not want to be there. No. One of the biggest, like one of the big controversies at this party was at the end, he presents his daughter with a birthday puppy named Snowball, who Taylor was not aware of. And she like immediately got like uptight and she's like, Oh, great. Well, yes, we can keep him, but she might be allergic. Cut to Kennedy being deathly allergic and (gasps) Snowball getting kicked to the curb. None of this seems 100% kosher to me (laughs) because she seemed like, I don't know, it seemed weird, but poor little Snowball. I'm sure he went to a good home. Now, I think when I was watching that scene, I felt really bad for Russell because he was clearly like this sort of dad trying to like after this $60,000 birthday party, like trying to have this moment with his daughter that was equally impressive. And she also, that's what the kid probably really wants. Absolutely. Is a a puppy. Yes. So I kind of felt sympathy for him in that scene, even though he was awkward, but during the filming of the second season, the couple's marital woes, which were sort of seen in season one, became a much bigger storyline. Very dark. Yes. Now, Taylor would give interviews about their relationships, like in between the seasons, that made things kind of, you know, like kind of dampening down whatever rumors were happening. In an interview, she said, It's a work in progne- progress. We're doing the best we can and really focusing on our family. She said that despite what it, it appeared like, uh, Russell's actually a very charismatic guy and a lot of fun. Uh, she reminded people that he didn't have a lot of exposure in front of the cameras and he had never done it before. So that's why he's coming off this way. Uh, during the premiere of season one, she kind of jokingly said something about her husband leaving her for a younger woman. And she dismissed that too. She said, I don't think people are getting my sense of humor. My husband's not the kind of guy who would go out with much younger woman. I was making a joke about Beverly Hills. So people were kind of on to something being off in this relationship. I think initially I was just like, yeah, they don't love each other, 
they married for whatever reasons. Do you know what I mean? So you could it, clearly see that there was something. But that's a common relationship I've seen in LA where it's like a woman marries a rich guy. They don't really have a ton in common and they're kind of just going through the motions Mm -hmm. kind of. Anyway, rumors started swirling that things were way worse though than just the average couple woes. And the gossip was that Russell was physically abusing Taylor and she was even confronted by cast members about it on screen in some subtle and not so subtle ways. Did you watch this season? It was really awful. Now season two is actually where that yelling scene comes from when Taylor was confronting Camille Grammer for gossiping about the fact that Russell was abusing her. Now, after the season wraps in July of 2011, Taylor files for divorce and begins to move um, to be more open about the abuse she suffered. Russell's response to Taylor's accusations This was to people. Did I push her? Yes. Maybe things happened in the heat of the moment, but it was during a time in our lives that was not characteristic of who we are. This show has literally pushed us to the limit. Now, in August of that same year, Russell, I'm sorry, Russell dies by suicide. He hung himself in his Mulholland Drive home. Do you remember when this story broke? Yes. Dude, I was fucking, that's like one of the times where I was like shocked when I saw a headline. My jaw was on the floor. It was crazy. Like, it was just like, I don't know. Like It it just felt like one of those just Hollywood tragedies. Yeah. It was like really shocking for me. I remember seeing it and just being like fucking, uh, like, because he was not a well-liked character. So it was just sort of a weird moment. I I don't know. It was like, it was crazy. Well, because yeah, you didn't want to feel, you didn't want to be like, oh, I mean, I felt sorry for Taylor because she was being abused by him. Yeah. The whole thing was just like wild. It it was just dark all around. Yeah. So once he dies, uh, it comes out that he also is $1.5 million in debt at the time of his uh, death. According to one of his friends, who I think was also his lawyer, he said he didn't have any extra assets. He was living month to month to support his lifestyle for Taylor. Now, before his death, he was also being sued by MyMedicalRecords.com for misusing funds and for breach of contract. This guy, the lawyer, said um, he basically was like real housewives personalities, like being one of those people and feeling the pressure to live up that to that really strained his like finances. He said, these couples join these shows and then they keep trying to outdo each other and they end up spending all their money trying to sustain a lifestyle that's unrealistic and wasn't there prior to the show. The weekly social events, the dinners and all that BS, trying to pretend you have unlimited resources in Beverly Hills is tough. When every night is a potential soundbite or posting on a website, you end up getting addicted to it. You go out all the time. That makes a lot of sense to me, like because mm-hmm. some of those people are really fucking rich, yeah. and then you'll always kind of notice like Brandy lived in like an apartment in like Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like some of them are definitely not as rich, and you just feel like, oh wow, they must really like. How are they all spending all this money all the time? Like, yeah. and then Kim Richards lives like in the Valley. Like, like if you know LA, you know some of them just aren't in these wealthy neighborhoods. They're just more middle well, class. comparatively, comparatively, comparatively yeah. to where the like Lisa Vanderpump or Bel Air, like yeah. So it's definitely like, they're all definitely not poor, but you can definitely see that some of them just don't have unlimited amount of money. Well, it's the Uh, ultimate keeping up with the Joneses. Oh my God, totally. Now, the second season at that point had already been filmed and was re-edited due to Russell's death, but there's still a lot of like, the season is just so creepy because you know everything just has this 
fucking color to it. Like makes everything extra dark. There was um, one particularly grim episode was focused on Kennedy's birthday party again. This time it was a rodeo themed bash. So all the housewives were there and cowgirl like sexy cowgirl stuff. They even had a mechanical bull that Kim Richards drunkenly rides like what? very sexually. Wait for a kid's birthday? <laughs> yes. I don't, even rem- I don't bull. even remember this. Now, it's just like, it's crazy. And obviously Russell and Taylor are there acting like their marriage is perfect, which is just fucking dark and creepy. Um, making things even sadder is... Um, there was an American Idol contestant there to sing a special song for Kennedy. His name was Ace. He was on like one of the early seasons. Oh, I remember He Ace. was like the hot guy that season or the cute guy or whatever. Was he? I, I mean, I, see I don't think so. Him. Look it up. What's his last name? Ace. I can't remember. Just put Ace American Idol. I bet you there's only one. He has like longish kind of curly Oh, I'm thinking of Bo Bice. Sorry. Oh, Bo Bice. Yes. <laughs> Oh, wait. Someone just brought up Bo Bice. Oh, someone was like, play a Bo Bice song to me the other, like a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose it. Uh, so he, he's like singing at a kid's birthday party. He's singing a song where he's like, you make every day a birthday to me. And he has like a cocktail in his hand. It's so like dark. Taylor's like really horny for him. And she's like going up to Ace saying things like, if you were any cuter, you're killing me right now. It's killing me right now. I'm an old woman. <laughs> She's like doing this at the birthday party. Oh my god! It's so dark. Now, obviously, the the show has put in like very sad music anytime there's like a Russell T- Taylor scene. So it's just a mess. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So um, after the season is over, obviously they have their reunion show. A lot of shit has gone down throughout the viewing of season two, obviously. Um, Taylor is really out there um, telling her story. She basically starts claiming that Russell um, had been abusing her the whole marriage. Pretty much every six weeks, there was an incident. And the reason she didn't say anything, that he threatened to bankrupt her and Kennedy if she ever like took legal action against him. Now, during this episode, Brandy Glanville, who was new that year, starts slamming Taylor because she released a book about her husband's death like really shortly after it happened. She kept saying, how long has it been? It's been like a hot minute. Now, Taylor hits back and she's saying things like three women die every day from domestic violence. Do you want me to wait 10 more, you know, 10 more to die till I publish my book? And Brandy just like, won't like let go. Kyle is defending her. It's wait, definitely. Was Kyle, <laughs> Kyle was defending Taylor. Taylor. Yes. yes. Kyle's defending Taylor. Like she's a single mom. Her, you know, Kyle's definitely kind of imagine like, siding. <laughs> imagine being so pedantic that you're mad about the timing of a book release when your abusive husband just committed suicide. Yeah. 
I mean, who knows? Now, obviously, a huge publicity store, um, sorry, publicity tour starts also for the book. She has an interview with Nancy O'Dell, and she tells like some of the stories about uh, how emotionally abusive he was as well. She said that he would always be critical of her weight, saying that she was um, too skinny and that having sex with her was like having sex with a skeleton. She says that she would try to gain weight, but it was just obviously very unnerving and like, she never felt uh, good enough. She does definitely come off like someone who has really low self-esteem, yeah. like for sure. Uh, so she also um, makes an appearance on the Dr. Phil show. And this is like a big, shocking, like tell-all kind of interview. And she tells a story about um, Russell hitting her after they celebrated her 40th birthday at the Four Seasons with a group of friends. Now this sets off a lot of the disagreement she has with Russell's friends and family who don't always buy her account of things, they blame that for the inconsistencies in her story. Now we know that these stories cannot sometimes not be, uh, you, 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 you change your mind sometimes about the like timelines and like, Oh, maybe it wasn't that day. Maybe it was the next day, stuff like that. I mean, it seems to me clear that something happened here. Absolutely. I believe her. Yeah. So, but anyway, so he basically like broke, her eye bone and part of the thing that her, her, the family like says is she never had a black eye. Like there was no evidence of this abuse anywhere. uh, Like, so that's like their kind of things. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying what they're saying. I don't, I don't buy into that. Uh, she did have surgery, um, on July 5th. So about like a month later and that's where, um, the bruise she got. So she does eventually post these pictures and it's from the eye surgery. So people were like, oh, the bruise is not actually from the punch. It's from the surgery you got from the punch, which makes no sense to me as an argument of not having something happen. Now, I mean, it's just like a lot of shitload of people saying, what about this? She never had this. She was at this party and she looked fine. Like all of this stuff. She was at the white party that Kyle Richards throws every year and looked fine. Uh, So that's sort of his family's basic takedown. I mean, I think it's pretty typical. Their whatever son and brother, whoever has died, they don't want to believe the worst about him. But at the same time, you should find a way to do it in a better way. <laughs> like, well, to not call yeah, her an outright liar. Yeah, you don't have to call her a liar. You can be like, he was also this and this and this, and that's who we knew. Like, I, I don't know. And we're sorry. Yeah, we. it's horrible to hear that he was that way. Like, we have no idea. That's not the person we know. I have no idea how you do it. But there's a way. Now, by the way, the white party always stresses me out. Have Why? you seen that? Because I'm not wearing white. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like the idea that I have to go to a party and have a dress code. It just seems very weird to me. I don't mind having a dress code as long as it's not white. I don't mind having a dress code where it's like dress up or cocktail, like in that regard. But I don't like when they have to specifically tell me what to wear if I fit the dress code. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't mind having a specific dress code as long as it's not the color white. I don't want to wear white. Specifically white. Yeah, me too. I don't want to wear it. Maybe I'll wear a white wedding dress, but specifically, I just, it's not, I, li- I think I look best in black. I don't think I look good in white. I'm too white. I don't think, yeah. I don't think I look good in white either. No. It's just, it's such an obnoxious theme party to me because it's like, great. They give me a great excuse not to go. I'm not wearing white. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, I don't know why I worry about it because I don't even have friends who have white parties and I probably never would. Oh. But whenever I see like Puff Daddy or whatever used to have everyone white, it's like, no. 
not that Taylor needs to have her story bolstered, but she actually has um, other evidence that his first wife and another girlfriend also were abused by Russell. In addition to that, she he had um, legal and financial troubles his whole life. He was constantly facing like tax fraud charges and other shitty business things. So none of this was new for Russell. Uh, interestingly enough, though, shortly after he died, the first wife, who he also abused, according to her, did blame Taylor for his death. She said, I don't care for her at all. I think she's the reason for this. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty harsh. Now, Taylor's doing much better after all of this. She did get remarried in 2013. And as I said, she is back on... Um, the show and sort of reoccurring uh, deals. Because she was not on it for several years, Yeah, right? she was off it, I think, after season three. Um, so, yeah, she has her new soulmate, who was actually, like, the lawyer who handled Russell's estate. So they eventually bonded, I guess, over that. Tale as old as time. <laughs> yeah. Now, Taylor has also recently spoken about the meme that she inspired with the... Um, can we explain what this meme is? It's a very famous meme. It's a woman who is Taylor Armstrong, but some people don't know who she is, a blonde woman crying, really fucking crying, and pointing an angry finger at something. In the frame next to it is another picture, not related at all, but it looks like it. And it's a cat sitting, the cat's name is Smudge, mm -hmm. sitting in front of a salad, plate of salad with a very... I don't know what the expression the, is. The cat is like cackling. <laughs> it looks like it's evilly like, <laughs> like completely nonplussed by like what is ha the woman yelling at him. Like you're being hysterical, ma'am. It's so funny. Like whenever I see that cat, even if I just see the cat, I laugh because it's so hilarious. Well, it's a very famous cat. It's a very famous I cat. I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Is it a cat, girl or a guy? I think it's a boy, but I honestly don't know. Well, the I get them mixed up. The cat's name is Smudge. Yeah. So that's hard to tell. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, she did speak out of it because Trump Jr. used that meme and kind of ruined it. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you know you're viral when the president retweets your meme or something like that. And everyone was yelling at her, including our friend Ryan. I saw his comment on, the, on it, and he said, you're gross. <laughs> I was laughing so hard that his was, like, first. It was like, oh, hi, Ryan. Like, he does love the housewives, so it doesn't it make sense. Uh, anyway, that's, that's the story of Taylor. Now, next up, we have Brooks and Vicky from uh, The Real Housewives of Orange County. Now, Vicki Gunvalson is like the OG housewife. She was on the first season of OC, which was the first housewives. Did you watch this at all? No. Okay. I like this one. They're all really rich, but they have really bad taste. <laughs> and it's like very OC. Well, it's like I was telling you. Oh, I was telling my mom. I'm sorry. I was okay. telling my mom the other day. I said there's a very specific reality show style, and it hasn't evolved since 2008. Yes, and it's a lot of bandage dresses. A lot of uh, bandage dresses. It's a lot. It's that hair that you know, long uh, wave 
iron hair. Yes. That's very highlighted. Or sometimes the beach waves. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like that beach waves, but very polished. And the makeup too. The makeup is all the same. None of the makeup has evolved past 2008. Absolutely not. Uh, the jewelry, you know, like big floppy hats and big um, silky shirts. And the weird thing, it's like you can be 32 or 62 and you have the exact same they look. They all dress the same. It's wild. Now, Vicky is very well known for getting wasted and yelling woohoo. That's her thing. She also goes to Lake Havasu a lot, which is like... Arizona, right? It's like Arizona, Nevada, California, like in that weird corners area. I've never been there. I haven't either, but it's definitely like, I know some people who have houses there and it's kind of like trashy. It's a party. (laughs) It's a party. Like there's like boats, party boats and like like jet skis. It's like for people who love jet skis. Yes. Slash I love jet skis. Do you? Desi, I love riding jet skis. I mock them, but I know I would have fun. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm saying Lake Havasu to me, when I think of Lake Havasu, I think of jet ski culture. Yes. It's very jet ski culture. But I love jet skis. Okay. Now, she also runs an insurance company, and that's how she's very loaded for some reason, which I guess you just make a lot of money. There's like so many people who are rich where I'm like, how? That's a, you get rich from that? Like, <laughs> I had no idea. Now, she also gets a lot of plastic surgery, as, as they all do. And some of her scandals include being investigated by the FBI for a topless photo that she took in a group trip to Dublin, where she showed another housewife whose name is Heather Dubrow. Her plastic surgeon husband is on that um, reality show with Adrian Malouf's husband. I can't remember. Botched, I think. Oh, her. That's her husband. I love botch. Uh, the other guy, I can't remember his name right now. She's actually she's like on a call with her, and she's like, "Are my nipples even?" And she like lifts her top up. Tamra, who's another uh, housewife, takes a picture picture of her tits and sends it to an unnamed fifteen year old girl who tweets it around the like treats it around on social media. An, an older woman sees slow this. Slow down, Desi. I'm sorry, <laughs> you're racing through this. I need you to slow down. Okay, I'm sorry. really confused. Wait a minute. This woman on Real Housewives of Orange County flashed her tits to another housewife? To another housewife's husband, who's a plastic surgeon. Like, are my nipples even? Can you fix them? That kind of thing. Another housewife who's on the same... You know how they have these group trips? Yes. She's there. Her name's Tamara. This is Vicky's best friend, Enemy. She takes a picture of Vicky's tits and then gives it to a random 15-year-old girl and is like, pass this around on social (gasps) media. Now, an adult then sees this picture posted by this 15-year-old girl, and she calls the FBI, basically. So, I mean, she basically, Tamara just did this to humiliate and harass Vicky. But why is she sending nude pictures to a 15-year-old? I don't think she thought there was anything wrong with it. Well, there is. Yeah. (laughs) That's not okay. So, the case doesn't go anywhere, but that was like a huge little... You know, scandal because obviously it's insane. She's also very well known for her feud with castmate Kelly Dodd, and this includes one of the all-time great housewife rumors on camera. Tamara Judge, their friends again, <laughs> goes up to Vicky, and Vicky has been a vaguely alluding to this rumor all like season long. And according to Tamara, this is what happens. What happened is Shannon and Vicky had gone out in Newport and they met one of Kelly's old friends. He had known her a long time ago and he told them the story about how she does cocaine and that one time she pulled a train in public and had a lot of other things. Now, what she meant to say was that Kelly had a train run on her while high on cocaine. Rachel. No, Desi. (laughs) 
<laughs> I haven't had a train run on me while high on cocaine. <laughs> This was like this rumor was so insane that you were seeing this on television that a woman and she's like denying that she had a train run. <laughs> it was literally like very enjoyable. Oh my god! Now her biggest scandal of all though was it was her affair with this man named Brooks Ayers. After Vicky got divorced from her cool husband Don, who I liked a lot, but had obviously gotten fed up with Vicky's bullshit and being on the show, which made me like him even more. He, Vicky hooked up with Southern gentleman Brooks, or was he? Was he <laughs> now, not really Southern? He was really Southern, but was he really a gentleman? Oh. Now, no one could stand this guy. Vicky, Vicky's daughter, Brianna, hated him and thought he was using her mom for his, her, um, her money. Another cast member named Gretchen Rossi and her sleazy boyfriend, Slade, also began to uncover things about him, including the fact that he was a deadbeat dad. Now... <laughs> In Brooks's defense, Slade only went after him because he was a deadbeat dad and wanted to be like, aha, you're also a deadbeat dad. How dare you? So I don't really know what that proved. But yes, Brooks was also a deadbeat dad. This basically destroyed her friendship with Tamara for this season. There were revelations he had hooked up with a porn star while they were on a break. But Vicky always made excuses for him and always took him back. She was very like desperate to keep this relationship together, like like some woman in a lifetime movie like right. please i'm 55 like i'll never find it someone let me be happy like this kind of thing now season 10 starts and vicky reveals that brooks has cancer at the beginning of the season tamra speaks to a psychic <laughs> sorry who tells her and the other housewives that are there that brooks is lying about his cancer <gasps> all hell breaks breaks loose and everyone believes the psychic <laughs> So the whole season is basically a mystery about whether or not Brooks is lying about his cancer. Was he? They already hate him, but things really double down. Now, Brianna also starts going after Brooks again. That's Vicky's daughter. She reveals that he hit on her while she was pregnant and said that he said his self-given nickname was Girth Brooks. <laughs> oh my God. That was almost what I decided to name my drag queen, my drag king persona. Oh, really? Like a long time ago. That's hilarious. Girth but Brooke. that's what this guy said. So now it's ruined forever, yeah, probably. That's gross. Now, Vicky obviously ke- continues standing by her man, loses all of her friends, and becomes estranged from her daughter, Brianna. A new castmate that season named Megan Edmonds, who ends up in her own sex scandal, will get to another episode. She's married to an ex baseball player jim edmonds really yes there it's like a may december thing so she's really invested in proving that brooks doesn't have cancer she constantly questions him she thinks she's an expert because her husband's former wife is currently dying of cancer while this is going on this so, is she, so ugly. she's like the, the woman i cheated on has cancer so i know what all the things are now uh she starts going through his phone records calling his ex like girlfriends uh, Vicky just goes after her all the time. She's like, I know what you're doing. Stop it. But like, but uh, Megan does not stop. She just fucking keeps investigating. Things come to a head in the final episode of the season when the ladies can confront Vicky at Tamara's baptism. Tamara becomes a born again Christian (laughs) at the end of this year. So she's getting baptized in the finale. And Vicky infamously compares the ladies quest for truth against Brooks to Jesus Christ's crucifixion. Wow. Which very offended Tamara got very offended I mean, by that. That's <laughs> now at the reunion. These reunions are always, by the way, like months after what happened during the taping. Yes. So at the reunion, Vicky finally reveals that she does not believe Brooks has cancer and that she was lied to. <gasps> They've broken up, obviously. 
He goes on a one-on-one show with Bravo's Andy Cohen to prove he has cancers and he produces medical records that shows his treatments, et cetera. Now, Vicky, she also is like, yes, he did show me cancer bills and he, I picked him up from City of Hope one time. He was there all morning. So how do you think anything other than he's getting chemo? You go to City of Hope because you have cancer. I'm guilty of loving him and believing him. But she does think, like, I do think he's lying, despite what I saw with my own eyes now. Like he has Munchausen? Well, Brooks finally comes clean about his fraud. <gasps> he lets the world know that Vicky is also a victim of it. He releases a long-ass po- apology. Uh, he says, I have made my share of mistakes, which I regret. I pride myself in apologizing when I am wrong or have wronged others. Though the first five years of dating Vicky, I was coined a con man, a low life, a gold digger, a deadbeat, etc. Nothing could be further from reality. Yet alone, this makes for great TV and controversy. In, in, uh, sorry, in November of, I think it was 2013, he admitted he had forged the document documents he made to make him appear he was a patient at City of Hope Hospital, which is in LA. At the time, he apologized and said the documents, he forged these documents not because they, he didn't have cancer, but because he didn't want to reveal his own true medical records. Now, he at this point still says that he did have stage three non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now, he de- denies any speculation that Vicky had encouraged him to pretend he had cancer for the storyline and to get sympathy that year. So long story short, he faked those documents and all of those visits because he wanted to prove that he had cancer that he said he had, but he didn't want to share the real evidence. So Vicky does thank him for letting everyone know that she wasn't in on it, but it's still a very weird story, obviously. And it does seem like some kind of Munchausen, obviously not by proxy, but like just to get sympathy. And it does seem believable. Well, Munchausen is when you do it to yourself. Yes. Yes. So I don't know if people knew that that could, it wasn't just always Munchausen by proxy. Like right. sometimes it is for yourself. Now, Vicky is suing Brooks at the moment. She sued him in 2019 for $266,000 that she said she had loaned him throughout their years together. He had signed an agreement to pay her back, but obviously never did. In 20, uh, late 2019 at BravoCon, Vicky went after him in front of an audience. She said, I'm going to get that guy. I'm going to get him. We have our next hearing in December, and I'm going to get him. <gasps> and then what happened? Well, that's pretty much the end of their story. But a friend of Brooks did come forward and say, Brooks never had cancer. He uses it as an excuse to get his way about whatever he is trying to accomplish. And he's used it in the past before, not oh. just this time. Can I see a picture of Brooks? Brooks? Yeah, sure. What's his name? Brooks Ayer. So is his first name Brooks? His first name is Brooks. And his last name is Ayer. That sounds very familiar. I probably, I probably have so seen him in the Vicky news. that's Vicky and Brooks. Wow. I mean, he's just like a typical middle-aged guy. Yeah. I guess he's like not bad looking. Now, let's talk about Kim Richards, Rachel. Oh, boy. She is a Beverly Hills housewife. Um, She actually came onto the show being kind of well-known or somewhat well-known. Not all of them are. Although I do think Beverly Hills probably has the f- most formerly famous like ex-actresses, et cetera. Uh, so Kim Richards, if you don't know, is a former child star, and she is definitely one of the franchise's most infamous cast members. She brings a lot of drama and probably has 
or is involved in some of my favorite all-time moments on the show. Same. Now, she was born in New York. At some point, they moved to California because both Kyle, who is her sister and also another cast member, are going to be child actresses. Now, the mom has a daughter from a previous marriage, and that woman became Kathy Hilton, Paris and Nikki's mom. Now, there's a lot of... uh, one of the sadder things on the show is when Kyle gets very excited that Kathy or Paris or Nikki are going to be somewhere. They love referencing their half-sister, yes. Kathy. And I get the sense, too, that Kathy doesn't want them talking about her. Well, how many times has she even appeared on the show? <laughs> no, it's always like a little bit of a thing. But Kyle's always like, Kathy's got to be there. If you're going to be talking about the thing I think you're going to be talking about, Kathy Hilton gets a shout out. Yes. Well, I'm going to get to that story, but there's other stuff first. Okay, okay. That's definitely coming. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, I have notes. Okay. (laughs) Now, as I mentioned, they were both child stars. Um, You might remember Kim from Escape from Witch Mountain and Return to Witch Mountain. She was in a lot of Disney stuff. But obviously, as many child stars, she never really rose to that level of fame as an adult actor. She was in some things, but nothing big. I think she was in like Meatballs 2 or something. (laughs) I can't remember I had a list of things, but yeah. She she pretty quickly got involved in a very crazy personal life at a young age. She gets married at the age of 21 in 1985 to Monty Brinson, who is a supermarket franchise heir and a professional poker player. They have a baby, uh, Brooke, in 1986 and get divorced in 1988. She next marries Greg Davis, who is the son of a petroleum mogul. So she's hooking up with some rich dudes, or at least like heirs of money. They have two children, Whitney and Chad. They divorce in 1991. Now, her and Monty remain close throughout throughout the rest of her life. she's He's actually on the show a few times. In 1991, she begins a fairy tale romance with a uh, commodities salesman. I wrote Coombe Cities. <laughs> and then I panicked. So I was like, how do I, what is that word again? Because it's so like not in my wheelhouse. Like commodities? Commodities. No, but did you spell it like cum? No, I spelled it C-O-O-M, like M, Coombe. Coombe Cities. So what does a commodity salesman do? I think it's like stocks and shit, like <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like it's something like that. We don't care. Yeah. Now she becomes to engage to this guy. His name is John Colette. While she is on the phone with him, he is gunned down in Brent's Deli in the Valley. What? Yes. Rachel, this story is crazy and I had no idea. Did this happen in the 90s? 1991. Now, this is like a very famous deli in the Valley. It's um whatever. She, she's on the phone with him. He gets shot. Obviously, this tears her apart emotionally because not only is her fiance killed, but she hears it fucking happen. This is awful. Yeah. She really loved him. And I mean, it's one of those things where, of course, they were like the loves of each other's lives. I mean, who the hell knows? She had already been married two times, but it's still a very devastating uh, incident. Now, the man is uh, arrested who shoots this guy. His name is Marva Johnson. He's 31. He's sentenced in June of 1993 to 30 years to life after he is found guilty of murder. Prosecutors never present evidence that it was a paid hit, but that's what they think happened. Before his death, Colette had worked for a commodities firm that allegedly defrauded investors for millions. He was one of six defendants in a civil suit filed by California regulators. So he was involved in some shady shit. Now, the mother of this guy, um, she said that 
she had collected information over the years and is planning a book project, but believes her son was a victim of a separate criminal scheme. scheme. Uh, in this conspiracy, she says a rich businessman convinced wealthy acquaintances to invest $250,000 in her son's case, and instead of repaying them, he hired a hitman to kill them off. So that's her theory. Either way, this mom says Kim was um, carrying around a lot of pain about this, about her son's death, and she really cared for Kim, who she said is a good person with a good heart. And I feel like we all know that about Kim, despite the fact that she does get insane. I don't think Kim is a bad person. No. I think she has a very big heart. She just... She's troubled. She's very troubled. Yeah. So after this incident happens, and she does mention this on the show, but I had no idea. I think she's just like, my fiance died. But that's like a crazy crime. That's <laughs> Like, not, that's a big crime. That's a very big crime. Yeah. So she obviously begins drinking and doing drugs a lot. Like I think she always had dabbled, but now she really kind of falls into that. She gets into a serious relationship with a man named John Jackson, who she actually meets because he buys her dead fiance's Harley. That's how they meet. Whoa. And they have a daughter together as well. Uh, they're just, you know, they get divorced shortly after. Also, she names her daughter Kimberly, which I always think is funny when a mom does a, a name. That's similar. Yeah, you don't see that a lot. It's not a, It's not very common. Now, Kim basically is in a pretty bad way, both personally and professionally, when she gets this call to join the cast of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and things get much worse because now she's back in the spotlight. She has um, already been in rehab once before starting the show. So she's on this show now with a bunch of bitches and booze, and that's literally all the show is, is fucking drinking. It's a lot of drinking. Now, Kim basically struggles. People are always kind of accusing her of having a problem very early on in the show. They're really like upfront and rude about it too. Oh, absolutely. Like they're always like, Kim, you're a drunk. Yeah. One of the biggest incidents that happened was in 2011 with Brandy Glanville accused brand. Um, I'm sorry, accused Kim of using crystal meth at a game night at one of the girl's houses. Now, obviously that confrontation is very um, upsetting to Kim. She is sort of exhibiting strange behavior. I mean, while all of this is going on, like 2020, we know she was fucking back on drinking. Like she was always sort of falling off the wagon. But during the moment, she's like, I'm not. Like she denies it, obviously, which I'm sure is very common behavior. She said that her grogginess and drunken behavior was because she was on a new medication regime for her anxiety and panic disorder. Is that a common thing where people will blame legit medicines for what they're looking I th- like? I, I think you'll blame anything. Yeah. So this cla- this fight is a classic. Obviously, whenever Kim is getting into a fight, Kyle is very near. Mm-hmm. She calls Brandy. She says to Brandy, you are trashy and you are classless. Brandy says, at least I don't do crystal math in the bathroom all night, bitch. This is where Kim says one of her iconic lines to Brandy, you're a pig. You're a slut pig. <laughs> her delivery of that line she always seems like she's so high on what she's <laughs> you know how that feeling the adrenaline rush when you're saying something you want to say and wait <laughs> and wait till you hear this wait till you hear what i'm about to drop okay we've all been there we've all been there in the heat of the moment oh absolutely where you dr- and you're shaking after a little but it feels kind of good yeah Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a slut pig. Like, she has that, like, 
Like you always see it coming too with her. Her eyes just kind of pop a oh, bit. Kim. She's oh, Kim. incredible in these moments. But it, I mean, obviously I care for her and I don't want her to be in this state, but it's she does let off some she fucking makes funny. For some great TV. Yes. Now Brandy and Kim actually are friends now. Like to this day. They did kind of make up and they are both kind of like I can see why they would be friends. I mean, Brandy's a wild one as well. I'm always amazed at friends like that. Cause I don't have I don't. I mean, I have a lot of close friends, and I have a lot of friends that I've been friends with for like fifteen years. Right. But I don't have any friends that I've ever called a slut pig to. At I don't one point. fight like that. Not that I don't think you can have a gross fight and make up and be friends later. I think so too. I just don't get into those kind of confrontations. Yeah, same. I don't. I just don't. Like yeah. it's not me. It doesn't I don't know. happen. Usually, if I get into that, it's someone I'm not friends with. Like. But I do, I do kind of um, am in awe of people who can say these horrible things to each other at one point and have the resolve to like swallow their pride and be like, okay, I shouldn't have called you a slut pig. Well, you know what the thing we have to remember here is these women are not friends. Right. They're put in these high stress situations and supposed to act like they're best friends, but they don't really like each other. They don't even, they didn't even really, a lot of them didn't even know each other until the show. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. We're all under this like illusion that they're friends. So it's wild that friends are fighting this way. And I bet you there are friends who do fight this way. Right. I'm just not that type of person. Now, Kim goes on a series of rehab stints. She does enter rehab after that, shortly after that season or that episode in 2012. She starts having other sorts of problems in her life. Uh, one of her children is placed in an involuntary psychiatric hole after they have a nervous breakdown. She has a dog, a pit bull named Kingsley, who bites her 18-year-old niece, Alexia, who is Kyle's daughter. She actually has to go to get surgery on her hand. Like That's how bad the bite wow. mark was. This dog also attacks another woman in March of 2014. An 80-year-old family friend is attacked by the pit bull that left huge gaping wounds. She files a lawsuit about you know this dog bite and emotional distress, etc. Um, this canine is not killed at that point. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, it does go to yeah. training and rehabilitation. This really severs Kim and Kyle's relationship at that point because she feels like Kim is picking the dog over her actual daughter, like... Um, and I think Kim is probably close to the dog. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So she also moves back in with her ex-husband, Monty Brinson, who has been diagnosed with cancer and they live together. That's a fucking stressful situation as well. Now, things get even worse in 2015. She appears visibly inebriated on an episode of Real Housewives and she tells people she has been fighting bronchitis and pneumonia and that her um, ex-husband, Marty, I'm sorry, Monty, had given her a Vicodin to help her with the pain and that was responsible for what she was going through. She said she wasn't feeling well um, and she started really getting attacked for her sobriety at this point. Yeah. Now, this is the season where Lisa really starts going after her about her being sobriety and it's based on this incident with the Vicodin. Now... This leads to more erratic behavior um, from Kim that season, and it leads to what you wanted to talk about at the beginning of the episode, probably the most iconic fight in Real Housewives franchise, (laughs) and this is when they go on another one of those group trips, which I'm convinced purely exists to create these fights, because they never go smoothly. No. This time they're in Amsterdam, and... 
Lisa Renna basically is nonstop going after Kim about her sobriety. Let's explain for people who don't know. Let's set the scene. Okay, set the scene. Now, if you're on Twitter, you might have seen... Look, if if you follow any gay person on Twitter, (laughs) I feel like this has been retweeted into your timeline at some point. Look... Anyone who follows, listens to our show probably follows a gay person on Twitter. <laughs> I'm assuming the Venn diagram for that is very, like, yes, overlapped. I agree. Yeah. You've seen this fight be retweeted into your timeline. It's, like, four minutes long, at least. And it has, like, 18 iconic moments. Like, <laughs> you can't, you, it's one of those, like, you could study this in film class. Yes. So, and I did rewatch it today. And it's, it's incredible. So I've seen it so many times. Basically, they're all sitting at this big table, all the housewives. And it's like all the housewives of Beverly Hills. It's Lisa Rinna. It's Kim and Kyle Richards. Brandy. Brandy Glanville. It's uh, Yolanda. Yolanda Hadid, which is the Hadid yeah. girl's mother. Uh, Lisa Vanderpump is there. Lisa Rinna. And Eileen Davidson. Yes. It's like... I'm trying to think. I'm forgetting. There's some yeah. other people. There's I some other people, but they're like all there. Look, yeah. it's a big table. Yes. And they're all having dinner and drinks. Right. And how does it start? So it starts with Lisa explaining herself why she's so concerned because she had a sister who died of an OD. So she's telling this very, you know, sad story. Most of the housewives are like, oh my God, I had no idea. Like, so sad. Kim is sitting there. <laughs> I don't want to say she's rolling her eyes. <laughs> but she's sitting there stone-faced and not at all sympathetic to Lisa's story about her sister dying of an OD, which in and of itself, when I just rewatched today, I was like, this is incredible right now because her face is not what you would ever look like when someone was telling you a sad story like that. Now, she sort of half-acidly apologizes to Kim, and Kim's Kim's like anger could be because she knows Lisa is using this as an excuse for why she's been in her fucking life right. or like butting into her life. At some point, Lisa says uh, that she is sorry if Kim has felt like she's been budding in her life. And Kim is literally like, you have been. And Lisa's like shocked. It's like when someone apologizes for something and the person's like, yeah, you did that. And they're like, whoa. I was not being, I wanted you to say, no, you haven't. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, it's so funny. So Kim goes into a rant about her being sober for three years. Um, she took the Vicodin for pain, like I mentioned earlier. That's when the finger pointing starts. Uh, she starts pointing the finger at Eileen Davidson and at Lisa Renna and anyone who basically speaks up gets the fucking finger this point. This fight becomes Kim against the whole table. Oh, yeah. She turns on fucking everyone. Now, the thing that the first moment that is really laugh out loud funny is when her and Eileen Davidson start going into it. And Kim basically snaps at some point and and calls calls Eileen Davidson a beast. And she goes, (laughs) a beast? How dare you? Beast. <laughs> and someone pointed this out, which honestly made me laugh when I rewatched it. Because she, she, the next line after, like, how dare you call me a beast? She says, you came into my home. <laughs> and someone was like, this is something only someone who had been on a soap opera for 20 years could sell, like, with any sort of, like, realism. It was you so came over- into my home. First of all, calling someone a beast is legendary. But the funny thing, too, is how she kind of hesitates before beast comes. She doesn't even know what she's saying. And maybe she was going for bitch and it didn't come. And she just said beast. That's the thing about Kim. Like we were just talking about is she says these things that she's, she's writing checks. She can't cash. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. Constantly. I mean, when you're watching it, you're just like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Now, Kyle starts to chime in in this, and, and Kim turns on her and says, shut up, Kyle! <laughs> Which, to me, like, hearing someone sa- tell someone to shut up is one of the funniest things ever when it's really meanly done. There's just nothing funnier because it's so rude. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just the rudest thing. And that's where she drops the thing about Kathy being the sister who would stand by her, unlike Kyle, who does not stand by her. Now, Kyle, if you don't know the show, she's, like, so sensitive. Yeah. (laughs) She, like, gets turns into, like, a meek little pile of mush, like, within seconds. Now, this is where someone accidentally says the word husbands and and some other sort of reference, and Kim is immediately like, oh, let's talk about husbands. (laughs) Like, I like how someone just says, oh, my husband's calling. And she's like, oh, speaking of husbands, because she's dying to bring this up. Now, this is where she actually, Lisa sort of is like, no, you don't. And she says to Lisa, have a piece of bread. <laughs> have a piece of bread. What does she say? She says, why don't, you, why don't you calm down and have a piece of bread? Yeah, why don't you calm down and have a piece of bed? Now, when I rewatched it, I completely forgot the reaction to her saying that. First of all, <laughs> Lisa Rinna... She's an icon. Lisa Rinna is like very fit and and skinny and you right. just, and you just know that she doesn't eat bread ever. Well, the reaction to the eating the bread was as if someone said eat a piece of shit. Yes. Someone said you're disgusting and another person said shame on you. <laughs> I was just like, what? Like that's not even that bad. It's like you blood sugars <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, have a piece of bread is not the thing that would have no, someone say, but, shame on you. But, but only in Real Housewives world. Only to Lisa Rinna. You do not tell that woman to eat bread. Oh, my God. It was so funny when the, I saw the over-the-top reaction to that. That woman hasn't had bread since before she was on Melrose Place. No. It's insane. Now, the fight escalates. Lisa Rinna stands up. Uh, they continue... Kim threatens once again to talk about husbands and that's where Lisa literally almost reaches across the table to Kim and tries to choke her. Then she throws wine at her and then she breaks the wine glass. (laughs) Now this scene ends with Kyle running out the back door, like literally like not being able to handle what is happening. Kyle is in full on fight or flight. Just watching her run out. I was crying laughing. It truly is so funny. I don't think you have to know the show to enjoy this fight because it is fucking hilarious. So yeah, I mean, that was just an incredible moment. Obviously Kim is at like, you know, the end of her rope. She's clearly not able to handle being on a show with this kind of pressure with what she's dealing with. Well, in Kim's defense and I look, I'm not condoning Kim's behavior. She's an alcoholic. She should be held account for her actions. Absolutely. But in her defense, it is really annoying that people always want to like, oh, I'm really concerned about your yeah. alcoholism. Let's talk about it on TV. It's concern trolling too. It's, it's just like, yeah. Now, the rumor that uh, Kim wants to talk about, by the way, is that Lisa Renna's husband, Harry Hamlin, the actor, had been having an affair with Julianne Phillips, who used to be married to Bruce Springsteen, and she is also an actress or was an actress. So, yeah, and Lisa did not want that said aloud for whatever reason. I mean, it could be many reasons. Now, that was pretty uh, dramatic. She continues to have problems off screen. She is definitely not sober at this point. In April of 
2015. She is out of control drunk at the Beverly Hills Hotel at 1.30 a.m. She is uncooperative when the restaurant calls the cops. She's like in the bathroom. She kicks the officers in jail. Uh, She is um, immediately checking into rehab after that release. She's charged with public intoxication, resisting arrest and battery, and sentenced to up to two and a half years in jail. Now, she does not uh, go to jail, obviously, but I think she does have to go to rehab after that. The Real Housewife producers are annoyed with her because they've she's been lying to them about her sobriety. I mean, this is their story. Obviously, I think they kind of like they kind of liked it. Come on, guys. Um, so yeah. So after um, she does finally get uh, fired from the show, or she leaves the f- the show. Um, she also goes on Dr. Phil, and I need to find this because I didn't have time to watch it, but she was on a tell-all Dr. Phil episode as well. <laughs> and people will say it was actually kind of cringeworthy, though, so maybe it's not funny. Maybe it's kind of sad. She admitted about lying to the Real Housewives producer. She lied on the reunion special that when she said she had not drank in over three years, uh, she says that she you know, she drinks basically all the time. Um, she says she smokes pot as well. Additionally, she mentioned that her s- sister Kyle texted her for the first time after she was arrested in five months, and they're basically um, not friends. She also mentions that she's still uh, upset about her murdered fiance, which all makes sense. I mean, I'm sure it's all true. She's yeah. like a mess, and she's not getting the help she needs, right? right? Now, Dr. Phil obviously does um, some kind of intervention or tries to, and Kim storms out of the interview, but does eventually check herself into rehab. She's let out on a pass to attend her daughter Brooke's wedding. While she's there, people observe that she's under the influence of something, and she says some nasty things to her daughter, and she doesn't return to rehab on the Monday deadline. Fuck. Now, uh... She does eventually get sober again. She says she loves sobriety. This is like in 2017. Um, She says her arrest was her aha moment and um, she just needs to to take a break and get away from it all. She said that um, Bravo did not ask her to come back, etc. Now, she is arrested once again in April of 27. She is booked in California's Valley Jail. Wait, 27? 2017, sorry. She's booked in California's uh, Valley Jail after reportedly attempting to shoplift over $600 worth of goods from Target. What'd she get? I don't know. But $600 is a lot at Target. Yeah. Now, she does spend a night in jail and post $5,000 bail the next day. Her ex-husband, who is dying of cancer, he says that it's not related to drugs or alcohol. It's just a... um, you know, a mistake. Like she was in a state of mind. That's his opinion. How do you sit, shoplift $600 worth of merchandise from Target? Because where do you put it? Do that you, seems like a lot, but I guess it could be like an iPhone. I, I, but those are all locked up. Like, I don't know. Like you just roll the card out of there? Maybe. Maybe you, yeah, maybe you just fill your card up and fucking walk out. I guess it's possible. I mean, yeah. I'm I would just need a curious. Cart. I want to know what she got. I did too. I didn't look into it, um, but I'm sure it was nothing she needed. I'd get, bet- <laughs> I'd get betting. Totally. I mean, I could see. Look, I, every time I go to Target, I feel like I spend a hundred dollars minimum, uh, like, at least. Yeah. At least. So I can't go in there. So in 2017, her hus- ex-husband Monty does die of cancer. At the same time, the guy who killed her fiance is up for parole. Now, he testifies before a parole board in September of 2017. He's now 54 years old, and he says that 
the fiance that was killed was some kind of gangster. And the reason he shot him was that he was fearing for his life. So he's like testifying in his parole board. He said he didn't have a choice but to kill him because he pointed the gun at him and all he did was grab the gun and then shoot him. Um, Unfortunately, no one believes this guy. I mean, not unfortunately, I have no idea, but he does not get released. But it was a very stressful period for Kim to have that and her ex-husband, who she was very close to dying. Now, Kim has been returning to the show as a guest, um, like a guest appearance and stuff like that. And she was on the most recent season. In this season, her big story arc was that she was getting her breast implants removed because uh, oh. she had, um, I think she had a lump removed and then they were uneven or whatever. And she was sort of like, I never wanted big boobs anyway. A boyfriend had made or wanted her to get them, right. which is always so sad to me. Uh, her and Kim seem to be doing better. Um, Kim is Kyle? very, I'm sorry, Kyle. Uh, Kyle is like obviously crying in the episode with the breast implants because she does love her sister, even though they have like such a fucking ups and down relationship she says um when we're good nobody can make me laugh harder than my sister kim but when we're bad we're really bad uh their mother died of breast cancer so i think it was like a a particularly like scary uh episode for them so i mean that's where kim richards is i think she's doing better but with kim who knows i hope she can get the help that she needs yeah yeah i mean it seems like she has Support. She has the resources. Yes. Certainly. Yeah. And she has support, I think, if she can take it. It's just on her now. Yeah. She has to be willing. Um, But I look forward to seeing more from her. Absolutely. I mean, I think she could still be funny, not uh, on on drugs and alcohol. Of course. (laughs) So she needs to, you know. She has it in her. It's in her. It's in her naturally. (laughs) Those, I mean, those are funny one-liners, even though they're brutally (laughs) cruel. They're not, they're kind of like um, incredible. Like you couldn't write something like that. Those things she spits out. I mean, who calls somebody a beast? It is so insulting. In fact, I'm rarely insulted because things usually just make me laugh. Like if someone called me a slut pig, I would laugh. Yeah. But if someone called me a beast, I'd be like, hey, <laughs> you were in my house. <laughs> it's, it's, it's next level. The bread thing too is honestly one of the funniest moments I've ever seen. Just like, the bread line in it of itself, the way she says it, is really psychotic. But the way that Lisa is like horrified. Yeah. You are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you have a piece of bread and you'll calm down? Just the out. How dare you? Like, yeah, it's so fucking funny. I mean, oh, look, remember the ASMR version of that? I was going to bring that up. That is so funny. There's a guy on Twitter. He did like a... A- ASMR version of that fight where it's like the visuals of that fight but he like whispered all of it's incredible all of the dialogue and then the, the best part <laughs> the best part is like at the end the chair scooch sound yes I don't know why that I just lost it when that chair scooch because it's like regular volume right and the whole time it's been like you want some bread it's so I don't know why it's so funny but it really is funny he did a good job with that so yeah, those are my Real Housewives reality crimes. Wow, uh, Desi. I mean, you're right. That was only two franchises we discussed. And not even all the stories on those franchises. Because there's been a lot of drama with these bitches over the years. Holy shit. No, I honestly, in my head, I was like, oh, I'll do these 10. And then I was like, shit, these are really long, actually. Like when you go into all the details and then Kim had that whole like murder thing. 
that I had no idea even existed. Like, wow. it was crazy. What, what about the, uh, I mean, it wasn't a crime, but it was amazing. That episode, one of my favorite episodes where they invite the psychic to dinner. I almost talked about that, but I just didn't have time to get to it because that's incredible because Faye Resnick is there. Yeah. <laughs> like the Faye, the Faye Resnick period. On where, I mean, next time we do a Real Housewives, we, we'll just throw that in. As a bonus. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Because it it is incredible to break it down. Or maybe that can be our mini that week where we break it down or something. Oh my God. It's so good. I don't even remember why they invited the psychic to dinner, but she, this psychic pissed off everybody. Well, she was wasted. And the best thing is she is um, Allison from Medium. She that show Medium was based on her, the Patricia Arquette show, oh, which I used to watch. Really? Yes, it was like a rare network TV show that I watched because it was on some like random time when I was home, and I was like kind of obsessed with it. I forgot about that. That one. show was really good. Oh. Um, I mean, it's just like a network. It's not like particularly good, but it was watchable kind yeah. of thing, and I just kind of got into it. The reason I like particularly loved it because she has three daughters, and the middle child was like. One of those child actresses that was like, not like, I don't want to say she's not cute, but she's not like child actor cute, but she was like the oddest little child. <laughs> Cause you could just tell she wasn't like a professional actress, but she was really good yeah. and just like a very interesting like actor. Cause yeah. she wasn't like polished or something. And I was like obsessed with the middle daughter. She just was like so funny. I wonder what she's doing now. I should like look her up. Hopefully I loved she's her. Working. I loved her. She was amazing. Um, but yeah. Wow, yeah. that was awesome. I'm really glad we had um, an episode with a lot of levity this week. Yes. Uh, so I just wanted to end this episode by giving a very special thank you to all of our listeners, uh, the ones who, I mean, all of our listeners in general, you guys are yeah. amazing, but I just wanted to give a special thank you to all the listeners who reached out to me this past week. If you didn't see, I posted on my personal Instagram page as well as the official Hollywood crime scene Instagram page, um, the mascot of Hollywood crime scene, my beloved cat, Romy, passed on Monday, August 10th. She had a heart condition and, um, you know, it was, it was sudden, uh, but she had been diagnosed with this condition in January, so it wasn't completely out of the ordinary, but it was still, it was pretty fucking heartbreaking. And, you know, kind of like the worst pain I felt in my life in in many, many years. So I just wanted to thank everyone who reached out. It really meant the world to me. It meant the world to Brendan. He says thank you to everybody. Uh, I should not forget is to Desi because <laughs> like, I'm going to make you really uncomfortable right okay. now, Desi. Maybe, our, maybe this is interesting for our listeners. Desi came over to my house on Thursday, the Thursday after... Romy passed and I hadn't eaten. I didn't eat for four days. And if you know me, listen to the show, that's very, there's something wrong. Like I couldn't physically eat. I mean, absolutely. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't, I couldn't shower. I couldn't do anything. I was a complete, I couldn't even watch TV. It was awful. But Desi came over. She brought my favorite cheese. <laughs> she brought some pretzel rolls and I ate for the first time in four days. And so thank you, Desi. Sure. This is not the first time that Desi has come to my rescue during a crisis. Five years ago, <laughs> one of my friends passed. Desi picked my ass up every single day for two <laughs> weeks straight, took me to the gym. I also want to thank... I'm sorry, this is like an award ceremony. Yeah. but <laughs> The orchestra is playing, Rachel. No, we have time. We have time. This is important. I want to thank 
friend of the show, Frederick, for being the one to also um, pick me up and take me to the hospital where I said goodbye to Romy. Um, And thank you for helping me in that crisis. Frederick, I love you. And I love you, Eugene. Anyway, it's it's been a really intense week, but um, you know, Romy, we had a lot of years with her, and she was very loved, and she loved watching the show, and she's her spirit is still here. She will always be spiritually scratching the litter box. I was thinking that that should be like our um, pr- like our production company. <laughs> <laughs> sit ubu sit like the scratch of the litter box yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah i mean we had we had a lot of good times with romy yeah here she's Holly- on the show she's she's, she's canon she's canon of hollywood crime scene Absolutely. and she would want it that way um I had a couple more things to say. If you've turned it off already, that's why I wanted to say this till the end. <laughs> so you can just be like, bye. Only, only the true fans Only the remain. true fans remain right now. I mean, geez, she was like the love of my life, yeah. this, this cat. You know, this was like my, the only child I've ever had. And, um, you know, we love you, Romy. I hope she's eating shrimp in kitty heaven right now. She probably is. Yeah. Hanging absolutely. out with all of everyone's past childhood pets, beloved totally. pets. And uh yeah, so anyway, you listeners, we have the we have the best listeners. Yeah. You guys are amazing. And uh I burst into tears several times reading your messages. I can't thank you from the bottom of my heart for reaching out to me. It means the world to me. And uh we have I'm sure we have a great mini episode coming on Friday. Yeah. Right, Desi? I'm sure. The pressure is on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more on Friday. Okay, bye. All right, bye, guys. <laughs>